Well, good morning. It's good to see you. Um, for you that have been guests over the last month, I am actually the pastor here at uh, Central. We, uh, we are so appreciative of some time off, appreciate our elders so much. I, I tell you what, uh, uh, I guess it was four years ago we, we went to become an elder-led con- congregation, and, and uh, I tell you what, I appreciate these men more than you could ever know. They're godly men that are on their faces before God, and I just appreciate them so much. And uh, seeing the need for us to to break away a little bit, so I very much appreciate that. But I'll, I I got to tell you though, I appreciate our staff just immensely. Uh, just appreciate. I mean, Alan grew grew a full beard during my time off. Couldn't grow any on his head, but he grew a full full beard. Jim Moorhead decided to almost go see Jesus during that time, and uh, I didn't like that. Um, but, but uh, man, weren't you blessed just by the messages and the word? I mean, we have an incredible, incredible staff. And so I just, uh, I just bless them incredibly. And it's to, an honor to serve with them and to be here. We, we had uh, some uh, good time off. And uh, it's kind of re-entry time. So somebody's thinking, man, after five weeks, you better be good. And, uh, I mean, you got to think, we, we've been out of rhythm a little bit. But I tell you what, what it's really neat to go and worship other places. I, some some people have said about pastors before, especially those that preach a lot, is that they don't very much care to go hear other people preach or go to other churches. I love to do that, man. I love the diversity of the body of Christ. We got to worship in churches and then be, be able to be a part of our worship services, too, by Facebook. But uh, to go, I love to go and do that. I love to hear different styles of worship. I, I love to see how God in his creativity put things together in his body. And I just love it. And uh, it was a blast to go and worship with other people. Pam and I always uh, want to go and, and learn and uh, to, to take in. And so it was, a, it was a great time in that area. And there were some areas that God... Uh, spoke specifically to us, but also in the midst of our time off, we celebrated our 40-year uh, wedding anniversary in that, and uh, so that was a big deal. And uh, also, uh, last Monday was my birthday, and many of you guys came out. We celebrated out on the golf course, having a good time. Seventy of my closest friends just showed up at the golf course, and uh, but that was fun, and I hit another decade there. So, uh, man, just a lot of, lot of good things happened uh, during our time off. But it's good to be home with family. And you are family, and we appreciate that, uh, appreciate you very much. But, I, I, you know, this is a great way to reenter, uh, to come to the Lord's table. And, and some of you may be fairly new to Central, and you're thinking, man, how often do y'all do it? Everybody. We have the Lord's Supper every week. For, uh, and, and I tell you, the neat story behind that is that uh, I did not grow up in a church that had it every week. And in fact, one of the churches I worshipped at, they did it corporately every week, which was a neat deal. But uh, we have it every week for, uh, for anybody that would like to experience it. And, and I, the reason I'm pointing over here is not because Kelly's walking around during my preaching. But... Uh, <laughs> but Were you about to make a decision for Jesus, Kelly? Okay. I'm sorry I 
squelch the spirit there. Um, but we usually have it right over there, and so it's a, a weekly opportunity for you. But we uh, we kind of have a rhythm here that um, usually during the course of a year, there's four fifth Sundays. And uh, on those fifth Sundays, uh, we come together, we baptize, and we do corporately together the Lord's Supper. And these are two beautiful gifts that God gave to us uh, as followers of Jesus. One being the baptism, which is a picture of an outward display of a, of a heart change. And we believe that God, uh, through Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, we make that faith step. And part of obedience out of that faith step is uh, an outward display for other people. And in the first service, we had uh, adults and, and child and, and then for... Uh, these folks here, it's a beautiful picture. And we don't, we don't have to baptize just on the fifth Sunday, but it's, a, it's an opportunity of our rhythm. But then we come together around the Lord's table to uh, take the Lord's Supper. And uh, some of you, and this may be new to you, and, uh, or you've done it at other congregations, and you're wondering, I wonder how they do it here kind of thing. Nothing hocus-pocus about it. We just believe it's an opportunity for us to keep short accounts of things in our lives so we can draw near to the Father. And the scriptures are very clear on let a man first examine himself before he comes to the table. Uh, I, I was thinking about uh, an opportunity I heard to hear a guy speak, and he was a psychologist, and he said he went to speak to a group of kindergartners. And as he spoke to that group of kindergartners, he, he added this, this idea. So he asked all of them, he said, how many of you are fast runners? Every hand just shot up in the air. And he said, how many of you are good singers? Every hand went up. And then he said, how many of you are good artists? Every hand in this group of kindergartners went up. And he thought, man, that's really interesting. Well, the next week he was speaking to a group of adults. So he decided to do the same thing. And he said, how many of you are fast runners? And there was just kind of one little nervous hand that kind of went up. And he thought, man, that's kind of interesting. And he said, how many of you are, are artists in here? And a couple of hands went up. He said, how many of you are singers, good singers? And a, and a few hands went up in the group. And he, he was just saying, what happens? What happens from the time we are young and ambitious and we are not so much measured by how expert it is, but just that we can do it. And we say, I love to do it, so I'm good at it. And we raise our hands to the point where we become adults and people say things and we're almost timid. And I know somebody's going to say, well, Mark, it's just reality. We realize we're not the fastest person in the world. We're not the best singer in the world. We're not the best artist in the world. But it's amazing how we let others uh, tell us what we're good at and what we're not good at. But I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it also happens to us spiritually. We go through what I call slow fades. We, it's not like we wake up one day and say, oh, God, you're way over there. Man, where did you, why did you way over there, and I'm way over here all of a sudden? It's a slow fade that happens in our lives. And, and I think sometimes uh, one of the things that uh, uh, during, during the time off as I was reading more on was, Great awakenings and revivals that have happened, not just in the United States, but in the whole world, you know, where God just poured himself out upon his people in just incredible ways. 
And it was interesting to see um, how he did that. And the question that I, that I find myself praying and asking is, not God, can you do that again, but are, are, will you do that again? Will you find a group of people that are desperate for you enough that would cry out for you to come and do what only you can do, God? And our nation desperately needs it. But we pray, oh, yeah, our nation needs it, but the church needs to be awakened. And so I think about that slow fade a little bit. And in my reading, first of all, I was reading in Exodus. And it's an interesting thing in Exodus, and I'm, let me just kind of talk you through it a little bit, if you'll let me. Is in Exodus, you, you all know the story. The, the children of Israel were in slavery. Moses comes to get them out of slavery. And they come out of Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 19, let me just read this little verse to you. In Exodus chapter 19, it says this. He says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Notice what it said, and I want you to hear this because this is incredibly valuable to us. He did not say, I chose you to be a large group of people. Or I chose you because I want you to have this land. I chose you because you're, you're this important or something like this. He, he says this, I chose you to be with me. See, that's important. Because so many of us think, oh, Jesus died for me. God loves me so that I can go to heaven someday. Partially true, but the real reality is he wants you to be with him. That's what he wants. He just wants you to know him and be with him. But isn't it amazing how the slow fade comes? Uh, in the book of Judges, just right quick, some of you are reading the Bible through in a year and you're in the Judges anyway. But what happens in Judges, the people of Israel have come into the promised land. But what happens is, is a new generation has come along. And they've heard the stories of what God did, but they're, they've heard the stories, and so, but they've been a prone to drift, prone to wander. You know what I'm talking about? And, and so what, what happened is, is they would go through these cycles. They're walking close to God, and then they start getting enamored with the people that are still there. They start worshiping their idols. They start intermarrying. They start getting culturally drawn away from the Lord, and they start this cycle down and this spiral down. And what happens is, is they start embracing this, and they start forgetting God, so they start embracing the culture. Everybody's doing it, right? This is the way everybody is. So they start forgetting God, and they start this drift, and then they start uh, uh, reaping the negative benefits, so to speak, of their choices, and then they start going through these decaying times. And then they come to this point of where God has just about said, that's enough. And uh, he starts, starts taking the sandpaper to him a little bit. And in the midst of that, the cycle's going all the way to the bottom. Is, and, and this is in the book of Judges, it's happened over and over and over again. They, it says they cried out to God. And when they cried out to God... What he did was he brought them close to himself. It's the cycle that happens over and over again. But let me tell you something. 
It didn't start with one day them turning their back on God. It happened with a slow fade. And the reason I talk about this before we come to the Lord's table today is I would venture to say we as a church and many of us as individuals would have to say we have faded. It's been a slow fade that's come. And so what is the step back? Well, the biblical step back is a word called repentance. And that's a word that you don't use too much in secular society, but it's something we use in the church. But we don't even like it in the church because repentance means actually a change of direction. A change of direction. It means that we become aware that this drift has happened, this slow fate has happened. God, through his spirit, has drawn us back to himself, and he's making us aware of these things. And repentance is, man, I need to recalibrate my direction. I need to change. Many of you watched the movie that's got some age on it now called Blindside about uh, the professional football player Michael Orr. And it's uh, kind of taken off his story, and uh, many of you remember, this will get you, Sandra, Sandra Bullock won an Academy Award, okay? That, that does it. But she, was, she played uh, a woman, Miss Tui, and the Tui family took in Michael Orr, who was basically a homeless uh, uh, young man, and they basically, as a family, and there's a scene in the movie where the Tuis are driving past, and it's raining and it's cold, and there's Michael Orr. He's going to find a place to sleep for the night, young man. And uh, Miss Tui, all of a sudden, their whole life changed with two words. And these were the two words. Turn around. Turn around. And, of course, you may remember Tim McGraw's husband. And uh, they turn the car around and they go back and pick up Michael Orr. And everything changes. He eventually becomes a professional football player. Their family is totally changed by the relationship and these kind of things. But it started with that simple turn around. Here's my challenge for us today. Are we willing to turn around? Oh, we know it. We know those areas. We know the Holy Spirit kind of germinates those things. And some of them have been going on a long time. I mean, they've been going on a long time. You know, it's, if you're walking, turning around is real simple. If you're riding a bike, it takes a little bit more. If you're driving a car, it takes a little bit more. But if you're a ship, man, it takes miles to turn around. Today may simply be the beginning of the repentance process of that you're saying, I need to turn around. I've been going the wrong way. I've been drifting from God. I've shared this illustration before, but Pam and I were laying tile in our old home, and we certainly came to the understanding is, is if you do not have the tiles together, that eventually, if you just leave them a little gap, that by the time you get to the other end of the floor, it's a wide gap. And some of you may be today and you're thinking, it doesn't seem that big, but I'm telling you, it widens and widens and widens. Here's a challenge. I want to just challenge you with three questions. Number one is this. Just think about it. How close are you truly walking with God today? I mean, you're thinking, well, it's pretty close. We're at church, Mark. You're preaching to the choir. Listen, you can sit out there and be as far away from God as you could ever be. You know that. How close are you walking with the Lord? And do you remember what it was like when you went through the waters of baptism? Probably not. It's been too long for some of you, but today... 
Are you willing to say, God, this is where I am. There's been a slow fade. There needs to be the turnaround to come back to you. Second question I ask you is, is this, is that, is there any relationships that you've allowed to get fractured? Godly relationships. You're not willing to deal with the unforgiveness in your heart, or you've let somebody hurt your feelings, or you've allowed something to happen, and that relationship has fractured in such a way that your walk with Christ has become deterred. Oh, you're, you can defend yourself really well. But how is it? Is it affecting you in an adverse way? And then the third one is this. How is your truly your, your walk with Christ in such a way that you are able to help others come to know him? Are you doing anything to love your neighbors, your classmates, your workmates, your, your people that you hang out with? Are you, are you being a witness, truly a witness to them? Or are you just saying, I just, I'm going to live my life a certain way, hoping that they'll see my life as a certain way. Then they'll ask me questions. Listen, there comes a time where we have to be verbal. We can't just hope that they, they, they're just going to say, wait, he lives a good life. Someday we're going to have to speak up for Jesus. So how's your closeness with him? How's your relationships? And how is it really going in being his ambassador out in your neighborhood, in your schools, in your workplace? I'm going to ask the, the band to come back up. And I want you just to stand with me. And I, I just want to pray over you, if you'll allow me to do that. Um, and here's the deal. When, go ahead and stand. Um, listen, this, this, is, this is not from Mark today. This is from the Scriptures challenging you before you come to the table today. Are you willing to keep short accounts to, to bring these up today? And so as, the, as we sing this song together, I'm going to challenge you to do this. I'm going to challenge you to repent. Turn around. And now, how, what do that mean for some? Some of you need to come up to these steps that become an altar and just say, God, I need to give this to you today. I need to give you this, this situation. I need to give you this addiction. I need to give you this sin area. I need to give you this relationship. You know, I just need to give this to you, God. Some of you probably need to take somebody else by the hand and just say, hey, would you just pray with me? I'm, I'm going through something. But some of you just need to begin today saying, God, I know I've drifted. I know I've drifted. Slow fade, slow fade. Today, God, I want to come close to you. And then after we sing this, we're going to go to the table. And uh, we're just going to celebrate the Lord together. But let me pray over you. And if you need to come now, you just come. Listen, don't put it off. Let's not just say, hey, this is for somebody else. This is for us. This is for you today. Mm-hmm.